Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is, a, again, a weekly podcast. I've been doing this long enough um, where I, Matthew Whitby, sit down with people all across the, you know, D&D or um, tabletop RPG space and just chat about things. And um, this week, I'm overju- overjoyed uh, to be joined by Melanie Black. Thank you so much for taking the time. That's perfectly all right. Hello. No, I was going to say, this is, uh, this is uh, I excited because technically this is our second time being on a, a podcast together because we yep. were on a... Was it the the Albacon? Um, yeah, it was a panel. Yeah, which it was much yeah. less pressure. It was yeah, so yeah. Multiple. you can. Uh, you, it was just the two of us. You feel you feel like you're like just by sitting there nodding sagely, you're contributing. Yeah. Um, but us nodding back and forth for an hour probably doesn't um, doesn't sit as well. Um, I watched that. Yeah, no, fair, no, it's was it? Soothing <laughs> content for 2020. We we're easy eating into the uh, bobblehead market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so I guess the kind of the people listening then, um, who maybe aren't aware of some of the things that you've kind of contributed to or what you've you know been involved in, what are like some of the products? What are some of you know? What, what are you sort of known for? Ugh. Well, what I'm known for and what I've done may not be the same thing. Oh. <laughs> um, so I guess the sort of biggest profile things I've been involved in, uh, my sort of first ever product uh, was I had an adventure in the first volume of Uncaged Anthology, which is a bit of a baptism by fire. Um, and then since then, I've kind of been really lucky and in many ways to be part of like some really amazing collaborations um, and sort of um, providing content for them. So I was in the Seasons Anthology. Um, I was in, there is a thread on my Twitter. There is a lot of stuff on there. I just can't yeah. off the top of my head. Um, but I guess, yeah, so there's a lot of um, pseudo political stuff in there, which some people like and some people don't. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what I do is a lot of collaborations with awesome people that mean I sort of, first of all, kind of get the the uplift of all those amazing people being around me. And also I don't have to learn to do everything, yeah. um, which is quite nice. Um, I am trying to learn to do everything, but it's not a prerequisite for me to get stuff out there, which is I nice. mean, I think that's why there's sometimes like for people like, trying to get their foot in the door, anthologies do kind of seem like a, a very sort of um, a, a safe space where like obviously with that, prior to starting things like, you know, the RPGs Writer Workshop or things like that, just sort of starting on your own with, yeah. with the list of like, you know, layout as, you know, the other, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's, it's spinning it a, it's, and they're vastly different skill sets. Um, yeah, yeah. So do you think that kind of like, was like the perfect start for you to be within like an anthology? Yeah, um, so the only thing that I'd ever produced for any kind of tabletop was my own homebrew stuff, mm-hmm. which I think produced as a very, um, <laughs> it's overstating it because I was just making it up in front of my friends as I went along yeah. and then frantically taking notes afterwards. Um, so I was really excited by the idea of doing it, but the idea that I could do it never occurred to me because from what I'd seen, the stuff that I liked wasn't produced. I was totally wrong about that. You just had to do a little bit more searching. Yeah. So I was really put off by the idea of doing it sort of for other people that I wasn't playing with. And then uh, I saw the uncaged call for writers and I was like, this is cool. I'd love to play something like this. I'll send off my thing. And it was, I never expected to hear about it ever again. I never, I was like, oh, this is a cool thing. I'm excited to kind of spread the word about it. I'll never be in it. And then I was. And then I was just like, oh, I actually really enjoy this. I'm um, curious. So with the, with the uh, Uncaged uh, application, did your original pitch, like, did it change much? Or did, was it quite true to the... No, I think, I mean, it was um, expanded upon vastly. Yeah. Um, but the, the crux of it kind of stayed the same. So um, without spoiling the adventure, because oh, you yeah. should don't play it. Um, basically, the... I think the brief in the pitch, uh, the call for pitches was um, inverting the origin stories specifically of female monsters because there are quite a lot of them and a lot of them have maybe less than feminist uh, origin Pro- stories. And so I just went through the monster manual because I was like, I've noticed this, but I've just kind of went, whatever, this is going to ruin my enjoyment if I engage too much. Mm-hmm. So I just let things slide. So I went through the monster manual and I read the harpy origin story which is like you get all of this stuff about this elven god and she annoyed him in some way but you never actually learn her name yeah and then she was cursed to become a harpy and that's where harpies come from and i was like well that seems if you're gonna put her in the book give her a name and i just yeah. got quite annoyed by it so i wrote my little pitch of like that i would give her a different story and 
you know, it would all be, you know, it would be a, a twist on that. And so that's what I did. I was like, well, I've, that was cathartic, if nothing else. I've written my little, yeah. <laughs> that was just a change and sent it away. And then it was included and that was amazing. Um, and since then I've really gotten a kick out of like, everyone wants to do a twist on fantasy tropes, but it's not necessarily doing a twist on the tropes. It's saying, you know, how could these surprise me? Mm-hmm. And that isn't necessarily like a huge twist, it's just like a tiny tweak. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy that. That's cool. So actually you kind of mentioned it before, so in kind of like your home games and your homebrew, you have a, a like a particular style that you, at, at the time, you couldn't necessarily find in other sort of products. Like, yeah. what, what would you say your style is exactly? Is it that sort of, uh, as you mentioned? It's not, it's, it's easier to say what it isn't and what ah. took me off specifically about a lot of stuff that is just out there. Mm-hmm. It's not um, saving people who are helpless, like, oh, I'm so great and you're so terrible. Yeah. Thank goodness for me. I really, I don't like that. It feels like, like God, what, what, what state is the rest of the world in if this is what the ordinary people are like? Yeah. Um, I quite like going to see like competent people and like saying, well, how could I actually be helpful? Not how could I decide how this is going to turn out? Um, I get, like I get in the sort of a and d game or whatever, you're meant to be the hero, mm-hmm. but I, the way that the people you're saving and who you're often saving is I was just a bit turned off by it and then you can go through entire adventures sometimes and then not be a woman in it and I would just be like is this the hobbit like what are we doing um so it would just be like and again this that was my own surface reading I know that that wasn't at all accurate but if you do just go and quickly have a look and that's the first thing you see you just close the tab or walk out of the store or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of a bit turned off by it. So mine's just like making stories that had people in them like me and my friends who weren't, you know, big shiny knights. I don't know any of those. No, I think it is kind of the idea of was like including like, like in a world with, where the players are the quote unquote heroes, yeah. there should be other heroes, yeah. you know, or other people of like, you know, not everyone's, in, in dire need of, you know, someone to waltz onto their farm and save their day. Sometimes they're yeah. perfectly content. Things are just, you know, as they are. Yeah, because otherwise you'd be walking along, you know, to your next adventure and just see ruined villages left, right and centre because you didn't happen to be there. Yeah. There must be like competent mayors and, and competent townsguard or else, you know, how's the world functioning yeah. when the heroes aren't in it? I, I guess that comes from, um, I do a lot of sort of, world building for sort of like fantasy novels and stuff and the idea of like the world should exist even if your character wasn't in it that kind of sticks with me even if in a a tabletop game that can mean you've prepped quite a bit of stuff they never see but I I like the idea just that the people that you're interacting with the NPCs are people because otherwise you get into the whole like you know there's a level of like adventurers and everyone else yeah that doesn't sit very well with me yeah, I, I, yeah, I, and that, that's why I also sometimes like the the idea of like sometimes it, people are like, oh, that's a really unique character idea that you bring to a table. Like, yeah, I've got this wizard. Um, he's a dad of three. He's he's finished. He's paying off student loans, and yeah. this is how he's you know. It's like oh, that's, it's it's, student loans are massive. Yeah. <laughs> Spells <laughs> are not cheap. Exactly, and it's a case of like, oh, you know, it's like well, no, this is probably a consequence of you know, and the world you have as a whole that the fact that like this person needs to make a living somehow and chances are there are, you know, not every wizard has their own tower and lives a solitude yeah. life. Uh, some of them, you know, have, have, have whole families. Um, yeah. Which I, 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 I sometimes like, I, I find it interesting that you bring up the, the idea of world building because I think something that sometimes I struggle with is that when you look at just the spell list mm. and just the implications of some of these spells just existing yeah. Of just, uh, and it, it just like, I was like, I think it, the big one is like when you look at like resurrection spells. Yeah. And it's a case of like, well, there's a high monetary cost of them, but then it's like, well, I mean. But if you've people... lost someone, surely you'd make it your mission to raise that money. Yeah. You know, compared to the loss of a loved one, what's, you know, thousands of gold, nothing. Like, would there, would there be equivalent of like GoFundMe go, go campaigns on like know, what, right? what, what are these streets saying, I've, I've lost my husband? I would, it I would was please. really great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring him back. Um, yeah, I like that, but I, then I also get confused about the tragic family backstory that is mm. like so ubiquitous. And I get why, because it's like a get out of responsibilities free card. You don't have to 
think about, oh, I'm being so reckless. What about my, my parents? What about my siblings? Yeah. That they're not there. You know, they were eaten by werewolves or something. Yeah. But then surely your quest, if you've lost your entire family and or village, is to go out and get someone who can do those spells. Yeah. It's not vengeance on the dragon. It's fixing it. Yeah. yeah, that confuses me as well. Like, create food and water. Like, if you're like a low-level druid who can do that, why are you not just going village to village, creating food and water? Like, what kind of monster are you? Yeah, the, the, like anything, anything. Old druids, old druids are evil. Just <laughs> selfish druids out there. Um, See, no, I yeah. really don't like druids, and I've got no justification for it. It's an awesome class. It's just <laughs> a thing. So in yeah. my head, I'm happy to go with all druids are evil. No, and, and yeah, you know what? It's just like even then, I think like we've come up with like stumbled across like an amazing adventure seed of like just like a decimated village where the adventures go out almost like one by one, resurrecting people. Yeah. To sort of like you know, it's like a base builder essentially. And as you're like, okay, well, do we want to resurrect the blacksmith next, or do we want yeah. to go for like the? That's that's a pretty cool. But then you've got the utility, you know, their productivity versus their worth as a person. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I immediately boiled them down to mechanics. That is. Uh, <laughs> no, but then that's great because as a player, you're sat there in like a moral, you know, quandary. Yeah. Like, do I want the village to have? A working forge or do I want Timmy to have grandma back like yeah what do I want I don't know. <laughs> you know there's gonna be some edgy rogue saying well grandma probably doesn't have that much long you know yeah. life in her anyway <laughs> I've already used grandma's cabin yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah the implications of the spells it I think I think that's why you know the, the adventurers are kind of pitched as those heroes yeah kind of explain that look these are like rare abilities that every mm -hmm. everyone who studies at a magical school isn't going to become a wizard they're just going to become a scholar and yeah. that's fine every every weirdo in the woods isn't going to become a druid like i guess that makes sense yeah. but then, again surely if you've got those abilities even like level one abilities yeah world changing and they're just running after kobolds or whatever yeah, I'd like to, I think as well, like, I, I, I think I would, I would, I'm going to have a look through the spell list again and just maybe highlight some of like the society, potentially society breaking spells. Yeah. And I think just like a document just talking about like, okay, well, this is, this is how like realistically they would be used if people, like there were a good number of people with these abilities. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they kind of, kind of make sense. Um, then I guess, so it's, Thank you for uh, indulging me in that tangent. <laughs> of, like, it's a fun tangent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to kind of bring it back to, like, to you and the like, creative process then, um, you also mentioned that, I believe, what was it? You've also written for some Adventure League as well. Yes, yes, I did. Um, that was an odd, that was an outlier as far yeah. as creative process goes, because uh, it's very structured in what you have to produce. But then there's also like huge gaps where you actually do have to create and think of quite a lot. Um, which was a bit of a challenge because I tend to think of stuff and then shove it into the structure later whereas that, that was the other way yeah. it, it's quite a struct for obvious reasons it has to be extremely structured um, and then you have like okay there's an area create it and it's like uh, <laughs> okay so I can it, do that would, so I guess would you say well, like with the nature of your adventure before was it very much um, I guess um, because there's, there's, there's two ways of like, obviously you have like on one end of the spectrum, you have the sort of like dungeon crawl, you have yeah. this is the room, this is the things in the room, and then the far end you have the sort of more, I guess, like uh, yeah, sandboxy adventures, I guess yeah, I yeah. call them. Would, would you say you you're, you naturally feel more comfortable in the... Yeah, the sandboxy area, just because um, when I was running a homebrew game, um, but I didn't always have a lot of time to prep. Mm -hmm. And so I would just sort of write down things my players were speculating or, about and or scared of. Yeah. And then that was kind of my prep. But like, oh my God, what if that guy was evil? Like, <laughs> no. yeah. and, like that, it was just easier to me. And I, the thing I love about, um, you know, tabletop RPGs is that it's like a collaborative storytelling element of it. It's not necessarily the combat of yeah. it, which D&D &D is very combat heavy and that can be, really fun mm -hmm. but it is like the collaborative storytelling of it so I don't like to get too structured when I'm doing stuff for myself and at home yeah. but then I do recognize as someone who's using a product that having it be structured in a way that is somewhat uniform is ideal because I don't again I don't necessarily have loads of time to prepare mm -hmm. and and sort of um 
translate a document into something I can work with. Yeah. So it's definitely something I've struggled with, but Adventurous League was its own like cool learning thing. Cause again, it wasn't me coming up with something and then, you know, putting it into a structure. It was a structure that already exists yeah. that I had to work around. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was really cool and interesting. I guess as well, because with event again, like writing for Adventure League is a beast in itself because it's it's intended to be you know at a game store at these sort of like more sort of condensed like um, I guess like ultra gamified experience like yeah, in, yeah. In, you know it, it's it could it's, just drop in and out. It's not it's not necessarily about the yeah. collaborative storytellingness of it. Although of course you could do that. Yeah, you had a regular group, but it is that I could just go to like. New York and drop mm -hmm. into Adventurous Game, Adventurous League game, and it would be the same as the one in Newcastle where I live. Um, so naturally, it's a bit different. Yeah. So um, I, but I, I really guess, like that. Yeah. So I was going to kind of build in, like, tuck into that. And so, what are some of the things that, like, you you kind of learned from like writing in in this sort of particular format? Um, that I could do that because, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm averse to kind of too much structure as a person. I'm quite chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um. But I really, I did actually really like it. And it was a lot, looking at it at first, it was really daunting. I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never looked at adventures this way before. That like it's always been the complete opposite way. But then actually when I got into it, there was a lot of room. And that's actually what I like about provide, like writing this kind of stuff in general. Because even though I've written a structure and the sort of, this is what happens and this is what happens and these are the monsters, there's so much room to... Yeah do your own thing and it was the same with writing that stuff um so learning that i can do that and that structure mm. isn't the worst thing in the world was a good lesson and um is it is it something that like from from after sort of finishing the the eventually tile have you kind of like kept that structure in some of like your, your future or have you kind of yeah i've got a few things that i'm writing at the minute i mean 2020 means i haven't actually finished any of it yeah. but uh it, it, some of it was really useful. Um, some of it was just so like detail intensive that yeah. I didn't find it helpful, but I understand that other people will. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely like coming up with the overarching thing first, which isn't necessarily what I would always do. Mm -hmm. I would start and then I would say, okay, well, what possibly could happen next and what could possibly happen next? Yeah. But the kind of solid structure, I, I saw the value in that. Mm -hmm. um, in a way that I hadn't really considered before. Um, so again, it was doing things really differently, although it was daunting and quite stressful at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I actually did get quite a lot from it and I have pinched bits here and there because mm. being structured is helpful, who knew? Yeah, <laughs> you know, for some people and stuff like that. So yeah. then I guess like, okay, so uh, eventually being like the outlier then, yeah. um, in like your like day-to-day, like, well, I guess they, they like day-to-day, like adventure adventure work if we can call it that yeah, the adventures that i write every day yeah five of them um but is where like what like with um uncaged it kind of came from like you know a, a position of like i want to again i i, I dislike this harpy origin so much yeah um where were like some of your other ideas where, where do they kind of stem um from? so sometimes if there's like a call for contributors mm -hmm. um so, for example, the seasonal anthology, mm -hmm. um, the Book of Seasons, that's what it's called. Uh, it was write adventures around the seasons. And I think it might have been that vague. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting to me because I was like, oh, my gosh, what is one of my favorite seasons? What do they make me think of? And then it's going through and saying, like, does this exist? How mm -hmm. much work is it to make this exist? Can I be bothered to make this exist? Because yeah. Some things are really like um, like making monsters and anything that's a lot of like numbers and stuff is very mm. time consuming for me particularly. Yeah. Um, figuring out the challenge rating and make sure it's balanced like that is very time consuming and I don't always have the time. Mm. So I'll just find something that is adjacent and that still works or I'll think actually no it has to be exactly like this and then I kind of fall into a rabbit hole of making a tiny idea around um, so I said, okay, autumn makes me think of Halloween, makes me think of vampires, makes me think of blood sacrifice, makes me think of, and it's like a little, like falling yeah. downstairs of ideas until you end up with something that isn't maybe anything like my original idea. Um, 
and so my fall adventure for Book of Seasons was uh, hags who were requesting blood sacrifice from a village and to get them, like, the village was under the impression that it would get them through winter. Mm-hmm. Obviously it would not, because yeah. the hags are evil. And then the spring one, that makes me think of the Fae for some reason, so it's really chaotic and whimsical. And it's really just, again, it's not a structured, I'm going to sit down and do a really neat structured brainstorm session and yeah. it's not that at all for me. So I, I did the RPG Writers Workshop just because I was so curious as to like how other people did it. Mm-hmm. And I do not do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I went through and some of it was so useful and I was like, I'm going to think of that like next time I get stuck. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh my gosh, some people are this organized. This mm-hmm. is this is alien to me, like completely. Mm-hmm. So the free association thing works for me if I have an idea. So, or if it's a very broad thing, if it's really specific. Um, so there's a book coming out quite soon called Scientific Secrets of Icewind Dale. Ah, And that had to be um, a sort of winter-based phenomenon Mm -hmm. um, that you based a monster on that had to have a scientific citation to go with it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a lot less free association because it had to be a thing that exists. So I had to go back and think of all the cool wintry stuff I've seen when I'm vaguely watching nature documentaries. So that was a totally different thing again. Um, and then when I'm coming up with stuff on my own that isn't for a call for adventures, I think of stuff that I would find useful. Mm-hmm. So what I always struggled with when I was DMing, I haven't for like a year, but was if my players go somewhere that wasn't necessarily planned, so they go to a house and oh, there's a library in it. What books do I find? Yeah. That's, I'm like, uh, there's a biography of a male man. Like, I just don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. So it's like, hey, here's a, one of the things I'm working on at the moment is a, a sort of a, a random table of like various tomes and magic items that you'd find in a library. Or if your wizard is looking for magical books, what else might they find mm-hmm. that's not as useful, but would they feasibly find? Yeah. Things that I would find useful for whatever I was playing because that always comes up that yeah. I haven't thought of something. And then I'll think, oh my God, they're going to a market, they're going to a library, they're going to the seaside. It's players and books. I don't know what it is about players. They find a book and their instinct is to, regardless of where they are, I'm just going to read it now. I'm just going to flick through it now. It's like, you're like now's not the best time to read. Broken in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the time. But it's just like, no, I'm going to read through it. I want to find out, you know, what's, what's the plot. And it's like, okay, well, in, in 10 minutes, you can summarize it's about, you know. Yeah, no, th- th- again, yeah, and those, those sort of, um, like, products are incredibly useful because I think, like, like books, books, yeah, books in particular feel like a very, a very, a very like, topic that comes up a lot that, like. Well, like yeah, because I've just started playing, I've never played a wizard before and I'm playing one. And I was like, oh my gosh, she needs like to find a lot of books. Like this should come up more. Why hasn't it come up more? Yeah. So I'm very book focused right now. Uh, yeah. But there's so many other things like names of NPCs. I was so oh, yeah. happy when Xanathar was put that random table mm-hmm. in the back for naming things. Otherwise they just all get like Bob and Tracy and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Unfantasy names, yeah. the most um, I, I think of. It's, it's, it's weird. My, my, my go-to is Keith, and Keith. I don't know if, they, if that's the thing. Um, but actually, I did want to mention that, or bring it around to like the, almost like the, the, the what did you call it? The rape, like the waterfall, like, te- like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, technique of like, like I'm, I'm very much the same in which I like, the way I come up with ideas is quite mixed. Um, that I found that sometimes just working with like a prompt, like yeah. you mentioned, like just seasons, being quite as vague as that. Um, was uh i think what was it you know um Ink- inktober comes around yeah, yeah yeah and they have like a prompt every day yeah, yeah um yeah. i think last year last year that's one of my first products i did is i took one each every day's prompt and i tried to sort of turn that into like a, a, a small size encounter yeah um and it's yeah it's like even with like the idea of like a like i don't know if the prompt is like skull you can yeah. there's, there's, you can work a lot with it and and yeah. it's that idea of like you know just let your let your mind go uh, yeah. it doesn't need to be completely structured so you can just let your mind wander yeah. um but it's it's interesting how like like how how both like again to be very meticulous and planning almost step by step and also just completely free from both work 
and, yeah. and, and it, you come away from the end of going, huh, like maybe I should do more of that. But then it's like, well, that also worked. And it's like, it's, you know, whatever gets the words out, it kind of. Yeah. Kind of uh, well, I work, my day job is advertising. So I think I'm quite used to having to come up with ideas sometimes incredibly quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not being afraid of them being terrible at first, because you just can't afford the self-consciousness. There just yeah. isn't time for it. Um, and I think that has helped me a lot, just the the sort of natural resilience to mm -hmm. having a deadline and having to just get over myself because Mel, there isn't time for this. Yeah. Get it down. It doesn't throwing, have to be good now, it will be. Throwing, um, throwing all the pasta at the wall, seeing what sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really it is. Um, and, and so that I think has helped a lot. And obviously that's just, get job in advertising isn't great advice. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> No, I, was, I, 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 I didn't think that was going to be your takeaway, but if there's yeah. anyone listening, you're like, oh, I, I should stop applying to Zoom. <laughs> but yeah, just get over yourself is quite good advice because you can't, you will hold yourself back more than anything else. Yeah. It's a good lesson I've learned, not necessarily from, I don't think I would have done anything for tabletop had I not had my job because mm -hmm. like naturally I'm quite a sort of cautious person. Yeah. Um, but the idea that I, you know, have just had to get over myself for my job has helped quite a lot with creating for this because, and again, I think it helps you come up with stuff that isn't in the sort of um, the mainstream of ideas. I mean, yeah. the mainstream of ideas is great and I will defend to the death that you all meet in a tavern because that's a great way to start and I'll yeah. fight anyone who says otherwise. I mean, but, like, some of my best nights have been in a pub. Exactly, right? Like, <laughs> Where else are you going to meet a load of random people? Like, you know, meeting in a tavern, good way to start a campaign, end off. That's, that's the takeaway. But, um, so, but I think as well, not second guessing your first idea is a really good way to get out of that and produce stuff that maybe people haven't seen before mm -hmm. and not having self-consciousness of, oh my God, what if this isn't good? has been quite useful i i think for me yeah and i must admit it, it sounds like again like your approach of sometimes finding a niche or just like writing for your table essentially or things yeah. again things is is something that like a good number of creators have kind of also echoed which i think is yeah i mean chances are if you're sat at your table like behind your dm screen going ah i really wish i had x chances yeah. are that there's probably at least yeah. like, you know a good handful of people also in that same situation yeah so um and they're just, and again, like, even if I'm sat there thinking, God, I wish I had a list of names or pubs or whatever, even if that already exists, it might not be the type of names or items that I, I think, yeah. oh, this is great, but I could use something a bit more out there. Mine yeah. isn't quite such a serious campaign. Mm -hmm. I'd love, you know, I once did a whole city, again, panicking, <laughs> all of the pubs were named after yoga poses. Nice. It was like the happy baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, again, I, in terms of yoga poses, I only know the. Uh, I was gonna say I only know the upwards downwards dog. There is upward dog and downward dog. Okay, fair, fair. There's a happy baby. There's a corpse pose. So there's just a pub called the Corpse, and it was it was great, and I really enjoyed that. But I know that wouldn't necessarily fit at other tables because it's not the most uh, serious. I mean, that's but again, good, that's why it's so good that if I think I want a list of pub names, yeah. And I do a slightly silly one. That's great for some tables, not so great for others. Yeah, and, yeah I suppose like in, in the in the sense of like you know taking books, taverns, and the, these like regularly occurring things. There's yeah. almost like no end to the possibilities and no. the sort of the the, the 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 spectrum of like ultra serious, like you know going down to like the detail of you know how much a I don't know, like, <laughs> as I say, how much each drink is on the menu, but we all know most adventurers are just slapping a gold down on the table and going, please take it. I don't want change. There's no time. <laughs> I, I just, I don't want the coppers. Please just take, yeah. take the gold. <laughs> my bag is so full of coppers. Just keep them. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. The, the, I must admit, I, I, I lose track of the economy quite quick. And yeah. Yeah, I think most adventurers go, once, once they get up to that point of like gold, they're just like, I'm just going to, you know. It costs some money. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, so um, I guess like to get a little bit like deeper into like the nitty gritty then is like when it comes to like your writing, like do you have like a favorite part and like a, a least favorite part that kind of? Um, the initial idea generating bit is always really exciting because inevitably there are lots of possibilities. Um, the, the thing that I enjoy and don't enjoy um, 
has been writing that in a way that's useful for someone else to access. So if I wrote just a bunch of notes, I would know what that meant. Yeah. You know, someone 5,000 miles away who's downloading it from DMs Guild would not. <laughs> so writing it in a way that is accessible, that accounts for all the possibilities, because I really, really try. I know it's impossible, because once it, it counters your players, it's, you may as well just throw it away. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> really trying to kind of account for all possibilities so in one of my first adventures I was quite proud of the fact that I put in a, a sort of a, a fail safe if they didn't go with either side and both got away mm. this is what happens and the villagers are just a bit like why are you here like but it was in there and yeah. what what xp could be awarded what what treasure they might still get um, and that kind of thing because I like I, I both like and am very challenged by trying to account for all possibilities so that people don't feel like a bit stressed that their players haven't done what the adventure says they might. Yeah. That is quite stressful for me and I, that's ridiculous because it's a game, but like if someone, if they go, oh, we're just going to go look at this house and I'm like, oh my God, like there's nothing here for that. Yeah. Like, I really don't like it. So I really try and cover as many bases as possible and that is both very difficult mm -hmm. But it is quite fun to go to my friends and say, you know, look, if you're in a D&D game and this, this, this and happened, what would you do next? Mm -hmm. And they never answer the same thing, but you do get like themes. Yeah. Of, I would get very far away from that or I would investigate that or I'd go and get help or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so that's, I dislike it because it's really hard to make that compact and concise. Yeah. But I enjoy it because I, I, I like the idea that it's more useful to someone. Yeah, and it provides a better experience. It's it's such a difficult balance because yeah, you could you could run and and literally pad a book with with every every possible yeah. like adventure and like like if if like the moment you sort of say okay, well this is a small village and then you go okay, well I could describe every building in the village because it yeah. may come up, and it's like how do you how do you balance that between like you know yeah. um yeah I was asked like have you come up with like a, a general like good rule of thumb that kind of helps you like is, or is it just literally going to like your friends and just be like, okay, well, I kind of... Yeah, it's like, I try and be broad as well. <laughs> so if the players are heading in this direction, this happens no matter what. Like it seems like they're kind of making their own decisions, but either yeah. way they end up in this forest. Yeah. However they get there, that's their <laughs> business, but this is what happens. Yeah. Um, so that that's quite a good way of doing it because I, again I don't as a player like feeling like I have to do something mm -hmm. like when you're first starting it's like well the game is telling me I should go and investigate this so that's fine yeah. after that point yeah. I don't like it so much mm -hmm. uh, so it's a really it is a difficult balance but it I think it's just speaking to my friends seeing if there's anything I hadn't thought of mm -hmm. and then making sure it all fits and that everyone gets where they need to be for the adventure not to be like you say 4,000 pages long. I mean it, it is very unlike the nature of the adventure but like yeah as you kind of mentioned having those sort of like I guess like uh like you have the points where like the open where it opens up and then obviously yeah. ensuring you have like like the convergent points where yeah. you can eventually bring things back together because otherwise you will have like a, an infinitely spreading out of like what could happen um yeah, yeah no I, I I like it's 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 it is, it is a fun balance and I think like especially like when it comes to putting an adventure in front of an editor, I think that, that, that sometimes always, always a good book, like check for like, yeah. if, if, they're, if they're asking like, you know, is this needed or, you yeah. know, um, generally, generally as a good rule of thumb, like, I, like small things I like to try and do is I do try and like, anytime I mention a character, if possible, I do give them a name because yeah. I, I think that's the, the, at the, the very least. effect. Yeah. If, if you can say that, you know, there's, there's, you know, it is tempting saying, oh, you know, there's four guards at the manor. It's, it, you know, it, it's four more words to be like, you know, this, this is their names. Um, yeah. And then it stops that eventual, because, you know, you know, one, they're going to try and break into the manor and they're going to get caught. And then the, the first question they're going to ask is, what's your name? <laughs> of like this guard who stopped them in the middle of the street. Um, it just, you know, it's, and then it's weird for the guard to go, um... Like, you should know your name. Yeah, You're yeah. Guard. Your name should be like the least. <laughs> what is it? The, the guard the there is getting heckled by the people who've just broken in. Don't <laughs> yeah. even know your name, idiot. It's like, ah, oh, 
Uh, I, I feel again, you know, that's like, like a nightmare of mine to like have someone approach me in the street, ask me my name, and for me to forget my name and, and just harass me. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm coming around to the idea that maybe the adventurers are the bad guys here. I think this is. I mean, as a DM, I think it can sometimes feel that way. You know, <laughs> I don't like the combative DM you know, trope. Yeah. But sometimes you're just like, oh my God, just cross the river, please. Love it. You're going anyway. I get to decide. It's where you're going to end up. So you may as well just do it. You know, yeah. Players as bad guys. I'm on board. So I guess as well, is there, uh, is there, are there any sort of particular like adventure design tips that you maybe have or anything that you just like, you know, you, you like a little, like the little seasoning on top that you kind of always like to try and include? Um, I always like, as a player, I always like like weird treasure, and I just feel like it really adds to it if it's not just, oh, you found some gold unaccountably in this Albert's cave. Yeah. Like, I always try and make it like somewhat relevant, and I'm a huge fan of really stupid magic items, like the Cloak of Billowing or the Wand of Smiles and stuff, like the things they put in Xanathar's, yeah. because they don't actually add much to the player's power but they really enjoy them yeah. and like that that's the point at the end of the day as far as i'm concerned it's meant to be fun mm -hmm. so you know just throw stuff in and i also am not stingy with magic items but i always put in as an option for dms because i'm mm -hmm. aware that not all dms feel that way so i'm always just like they could also potentially find the following or yeah. rubble three times on this table or whatever um give the players stuff. I feel like that's a good, yeah. keeps everyone happy and it makes the game more interesting, which is the point. I think as well, so that's, that's like, uh, in terms of magical items, that's something that I've definitely tried to do with, so I've been writing, um, so, I, 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 so I think, was it, so this product potentially will come out the day after this is released. Uh, again, this is, this is gonna, I'm gonna have egg on my face if I don't, I know. In time. <laughs> so I'm not gonna date myself too much, but. Um, it's it's I did I did a product which was Baldur's Gate items and encounters which yeah. was essentially each encounter had a, a, you know an item attached to it yeah. um, and I think it is a really good way to um, spruce up like a, a, both social and uh, like uh, combat encounters just yeah. by giving you know monsters a unique item that they can somehow yeah. use or um, and not being afraid to kind of throw these things at the player to let them kind of run with um, yeah because. I think yeah no I I, I I I like I'm trying to think of like some 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 of the cooler ones um, and even just like kind of repurposing abilities. So I think one of the ones that I've, I've made recently is the idea of it's called it's called a hermit's hat, um, and it's a hat that essentially kind of gives you the ability of you know a turtle, of like when right. they can go in their shell. Oh right. <laughs> so you it, go in the hat. Yeah, it's like you, you pull the hat out, um, and it's weaker because obviously like um, you know you don't want to just uh, turn everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the idea of like encountering a bandit uh, who works for the Xanathar's Guide, and their instinct to any sort of combat encounter is just to sort of pull up their hat and, yeah. and just hide hide in it. Um, which I, I think again, it, it, it's rather than oh, you find four bandits in an alleyway, it's yeah. it's a little 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 sort of sprinkle on top. Yeah, um, and I feel like sometimes like just including a magic item like that can add something to the game. So I had an NPC, uh, sort of, basically they had an item that was a bit like, um, it just paralyzed the person that they mm -hmm. used it on if they failed to save. And the ranger in our party became fixated on it. And that was his new mission that he wanted one of those. Yeah. And that was like a whole, that I would never have planned for it. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah. He told you where he got it. And it was a cave somewhere and like, I just had to make something up, but then it became this whole thing. Yeah. And I just, I, the potential for them to add stuff to the game. I, I, I don't worry about plays becoming overpowered because you can always bump up the monsters if you want, but yeah. it just adds so much like richness that you might not even expect when you throw it in there. I just want, didn't want, it was like a fail safe in case they didn't catch the guy, the NPC would. Yeah. But then, actually, all of a sudden, they had this whole new side quest that took up like four sessions. Yeah, I, I, I think, great. yeah, I, I, again, I think the 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 when it comes to like adventure writing and stuff like that, it's like you you never really know like what power level the players are coming in because like even though like we you know we're writing them as one shots, nine times out of ten I think they're being incorporated into like yeah. larger campaigns it's that right. kind of have. Um, so it's like you know you you just kind of throw throw things out there and and you know if if for whatever reason this this small 
um, you know, paralyzing wand accidentally breaks, you know, a world of someone's, um, then, you know, they can have, you know, it could be an interesting campaign where someone else hears about the wand and yeah. then goes out of their way to try and steal it. You know, it's, yeah. it's you, you just, you, you, you they, they look like plot holes, but you just like, you keep digging. Plot opportunities. That's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I, no, I do like that. An optimistic spin on it. It's yeah, yeah. plot opportunities. It's, Another thing actually I always try and do is include like possibilities for like, cause again, I agree. You know, like 80% of the time, I think these are being like put in if the DM hasn't had time to prepare something for the mm -hmm. campaign. Um, I try and put in like other threads. So like at the end of this adventure, um, the the local lord overhears what's happened and comes to you for help, or you saw this weird thing and you found a map or whatever. Because it, it just makes things easier, and the players can latch onto it or not. Mm -hmm. I just really like the idea of like a story seed that could go anywhere, but it's it's just thrown in there extra. It's like twenty extra words, but it could be like sessions and sessions of game time potentially and, and i think this is actually something that i like i, I remember when i read through uh War Deep dragon heist like the en encaridian i think uh -huh. i said that right um the one thing i do kind of like about them is is they do leave those sort of like hooks open um yeah. which which yeah i, I think uh, it, when i was reading it's like oh it's like it can feel like it's two-sided because one thing you're like oh i wish they'd you know just give me a little bit more detail but then on the flip side, it's like, well, no, I mean, this is, I can run with this now. This can be, you know, wherever I want it to be. And the same way of like trying to like squeeze, I don't know, try and, try and just like incorporate, there you go, that's a much better word, incorporate yeah. that into your own adventure design. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but one so, thing I actually, I saw another thing in what it was, was the uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, the critical role setting. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, Matt Mercer did was for each city, there were like story seeds, like a list of them in each district. And I thought that was great because again, it was a bullet point. Mm -hmm. But if you get stuck, if your players get somewhere and think, well, what next? Yeah. Well, actually, there's this mysterious plant that the person with highest perception notices and or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. It takes no additional time. Yeah. And to be honest, I think they, controversial opinion, add more to adventures and games and stuff like that than the huge bulk of all the crunchy number stuff. Yeah. And, as I say, I, yeah, to kind of add, I'm a huge fan of gossip tables. Yeah. And especially like if you have like a multi-part campaign set in one thing, just have like, you know, if, if they're at this part of the chapter or this part of the chapter, some people maybe just be, you know, chatting about this and it's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, like I said, it, it's, it's, you, you kind of are aware that it's the end's way of going, hey guys, you, 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 you've lost the plot a little bit here. Yeah. Here's, here's, you here's happened the plot. over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. this terrible you know, thing has happened. You know, a very two, articulate guy walking yeah. past you. Or like, you know, two very loud nattering grannies, you know, yeah. they're just, it's, it, you know, they want everyone to hear anyway, so yeah, <laughs> they do. So yeah. I guess I'm I'm kind of curious then. So with with like in, being involved in some like I guess like hugely successful anthologies, have you had like much like feedback or like have you had a chance to sort of like hear from people who have run your adventures? I occasionally get tweets from people, especially because Uncaged Volume One is by far the best-selling thing I've been involved in. Like eighty kajillion people or something ridiculous. That's not a real number. No, no, yeah. um, I occasionally get tweets because in my little bio it was like, come and say hello at Miss Box on Twitter. And occasionally people do say, I've just played your adventure, my adventurers resolved it like this, and none of them have ever been the same. It's great, I really love that. Yeah. Um, there's been some comments on DM's Guild that were less great. Like, I think I mentioned this in the Albacom panel. Someone's like, there's too many lesbians in this anthology. <laughs> What's the appropriate amount of lesbians? What's yeah. our lesbian quota? Um, so, but mostly it's been really great. Um, another interesting thing about doing Adventures League was there is like a playtest aspect that is a lot more comprehensive than any other playtest had done because obviously they just got people they can send it to mm -hmm. um and then i got loads of comments back and that was some of it was a bit like again I'd like in my day job i get a lot of like not positive feedback so i'm yeah. used to it but some of it was a little bit harsher than i'd had mm -hmm. previously but it was really useful because i was like you're right that is that is rubbish i should change that yeah i'll just i'll just take that out um but mostly it's been really 
positive people telling me like how they've done something and how their players have done it and that's always really exciting I like that yeah I, 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 I think again yeah I think I've, I've, I've the few times that I've sort of gone out and, and sort of sort of play testing it is it's 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 a daunting experience it, I, it's it just because it's like there's yeah it's we haven't mentioned it before like you can't predict how a table is going to respond to you know the, and, and it's like the idea of like okay or well, okay and you're putting a lot of trust in the dm to yeah run and again it's, it's like it's it's certain things can be misconstrued and you never know whether that's you know just again not again not to blame blame the playtesting dms or anything like that. it's like it's trying to find that balance of like okay well where where can i improve clarity or whereas yeah. you know um but, yeah my uh, my favourite one was I'd written an adventure and I playtested it once online with some people. And then I took it to my like regular like weekly table. Yeah. The DM was like needs a bit of break. I was like, I'll just playtest this. I'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> the way they resolved this adventure that I just couldn't have planned for if I'd had a month to sit and think of every possibility. They basically staged Live Aid. <laughs> like, to kind of raise awareness of yeah. this hidden thing and like shame these people and I was just like okay I need like a, an elven geld off that's what I need I need all of that. and I just I was like I stood there I was like this is my adventure I wrote it and I just feel like it's so insufficient for this situation. <laughs> so it's like, was it? it gets back to the idea of like yeah there are the um, GoFundMe's and stuff like that. Just, yeah no basically yeah. it was it was like how can we raise awareness of this? It's like we could start like a whisper campaign, like as an NPC, it's like we could do like a whisper campaign. They were like, no, we're going to do a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess there was probably either one or two bards in that party. There were at two least. bards. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I should have really guessed yeah. when there were two bards, but they were just very useful, inspiring bards the whole adventure. And then right near the end, Live Aid. Yeah. No, I, again, I, I I know it probably wasn't your intention, but I can't imagine a better way for that to go, really. No, yeah, no, I was like, what I've actually written is rubbish now. This, I, mm. No, this, this, every adventure should end like this. <laughs> a musical number. So I, I guess, I, I guess, like, um, it's like, like to, 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 to summarise your, like, writing experience then, is there any, like, is there any, like, one particular lesson that you wish you kind of learned a little bit earlier in, in process, or? Um... I guess I wish I'd been less scared mm -hmm. of like making my own monsters and stuff because okay. balancing that can be really daunting but I've done it a few times really recently it's not that hard I mean it's not easy it, no. it, it's not simple I guess it's quite complicated but it's there's so much potential and I really wish I'd done that sooner because I actually really enjoyed it but everything else I feel like I'm quite lucky that my day job is what it is Yeah, because a lot of the get over yourself, listen to feedback, but don't take it personally, love mm -hmm. of all of that, I kind of already had. But, you know, don't be scared of making monsters, doesn't come up in advertising, so. Yeah, because I, I suppose it, it is the the sort of like, the, the in the same way like obviously writing adventure, the, the sort of the mechanical crunch you come across is probably, yeah. it's again, it's not the same as like writing a subclass. Uh, I think you, you write the line of like, the, the mechanical stuff are probably like items or monsters. Those are the ones yeah. that you kind of have to like play around with. Balanced encounters and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, oh, is it? I think the, the, so the DM's like, um, the, the Dungeon Master's Guide does have like a pretty nice section in, in like towards the back of like creating your own monsters. Yeah. But I think again, like taking like the way, the way I've kind of sometimes approached it is just taking a monster you like and then just almost like, like pick and mix. You take out yeah. the abilities you don't like, you find other abilities yeah. and sort of bring them in. And that in itself kind of allows for like a yeah. unique concoction. Yeah, it's quite, um, just finding like picking a challenge rating mm -hmm. and mixing the bits all about is, yeah. But then starting from scratch, I'd never done. And I, I did recently and it was like, oh, I, d I did it. I think this works. Was, it, was, um, this, uh, was this for the scientific, um, yeah, in Captain Nice. Uh, so that was, I really, I quite enjoyed it. and. I think the the crunchy aspects of the game is the bit that's always daunted me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is if you get it wrong, it it's just not really usable. Um, but then I was like, well, if you get it wrong, you do it again. Yeah. Like that's fine. But because it isn't something I've done a lot of, it's something that I wish I'd done sooner because I would have done a lot of it by now. 
And you know, worst comes first, what is it? You kill the pie. That's, you know, that's, yeah. that's what they, they, they can it's start new characters. Real. Yeah. It's in real life. <laughs> you know, actually, I had, I had a conversation about this the other day that I think more, more, uh, like more tables need to be open at the idea of the characters dying. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, more people should, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, more people should die. <laughs> more <laughs> Which, people should die. Well, you know, I, that's, that's going to be the trademark for this podcast. <laughs> so, more people should die. More people should die. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna, again, I don't have a smooth segue for that, so I'm just going to, like, this is when we have the uh, swipe fade into the, the next section. Um, do you, like, looking to the future and, like, towards, like, the community as a whole, is there, like, do you have, like, a, a dream project or, like, a sort of project, like, that is always off in the distance that you kind of, like, yeah. one, one day? My dream project right now is to finish anything. <laughs> this year, I... I, I I don't think I'm the only person struggling, but I just like, I've started so many things, been really excited. And then sort of, I thought, what's the point? The world's ending, my God. Um, but I'm, I am pretty excited about my Tome of Tomes is what I've called it, like my book collection. Yeah. Um, because I think that's pretty cool. So I'm excited to finish that. And then in the future, I sort of started last year, um, a book about, um, it was like a huge collaborative thing that kind of had to be postponed indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And it was basically um, a dig, well, not a dig, a response to some of the responses that Uncaged Anthology had gotten okay. about like forcing inclusivity in the um, community. And it was basically like, here's why it would be good to do that. And here's examples of how to do that. And it was going to be a project of like, um, just awesome stuff that you can include and in how to do it well yeah. to kind of avoid seeming um homogenous mm -hmm. it needs a lot of work but one day i'll figure out how to do it i will find the time somewhere yeah and i'll do that and that'll be cool because i think that is something that i would enjoy doing mm -hmm. and some people won't like it and that's fine they don't have to get it but i feel like some people would find it useful and that would be cool and no I, especially it's it's the sort of product that i can imagine seeing just being as useful for other like like authors as well yeah. Because it's the sort of thing that, again, if, if you're not necessarily, um, uh, I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to choose my word. Like, if if these are like, if there's elements of like inclusivity that you want to ensure that you kind of like, you're do right, do yeah. right, yeah, then that sounds like you know the best way to go about it. Then just that was the idea, yeah. Because like, I think people feel defensive when people say, "Oh, things aren't very inclusive." Mm -hmm. And you're not, not doing it because you're a bad person and everyone, most people recognize that. So you're not doing it because there are no good examples of how to do it. And that's a sort of self-perpetuating thing. Um, so it would be cool to, to do that, but it's just finding the time like to do it justice and do it right. Mm -hmm. And I will do it one day. Next time there's a pandemic and I'm scared. <laughs> Okay. And I won't panic as much. I like, can, can you not? Can you not put the, that energy in the air of like next time there's a pandemic? <laughs> if I don't panic as much next time, yeah. I can use those six months of nothing to produce all sorts of stuff. So I guess, I guess to uh, like so to, to pivot the question slightly with um, with Tome of Tones, uh, yeah. like how many how many books are you thinking of uh, cramming into them? Uh, I, oh God, I think at the minute there's like seventy. Wow, wow. But That's... I still haven't done my. Because I want them at, like every level of like rarity. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's like common books which are mostly useless, and mm. some of them are like like the common items in Xanathar's where they're just fun and a bit. You wouldn't cry if you lost it, but it's fun yeah. to have. Um, and then, but then I'm working my way up to like very rare and legendary, and I'm like, mm -hmm. what do you do with a legendary book? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just can't put it down. It's just so good. And then is that not just like a really bad item to have like make it make yeah. it make it a pop-up book <laughs> everyone loves those <laughs> it's like that that's legendary in itself like that i like for a goblin i think there's endless entertainment <laughs> or a very very dumb barbarian <laughs> that was a fun <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, witchcraft <laughs> does something amazing yeah so that's i'm um, struggling my way through the higher item levels at the minute and then I have to like make it look nice and make sure it's balanced and all of that. Um, but that's just forcing my way through that because it's quite a fun thing and it's it's a really good project. Because unlike a, an adventure or something like that, it's made of lots of little bits. Yeah. So I've just got half an hour, or if I'm like on the bus, I can just be like, oh my god, a book that does this, and then that's like another bit done. I, 
yeah, that, that, that's something that I quite like about um, like items or in encounters is the fact that yeah, they, you, you small slight like seeds and you can just sort of like yeah. run, run with them. Um, no, awesome. Um, well, then I guess kind of like building from that, um, looking at like the the DMs Guild community as a whole, or just like, not just the DMs Guild community, but like the, yeah. the, the is is there anyone like uh, or like some people? I I, I I need to change that because my question is 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 there anyone? Is but it's more like no, I, like it, there could be more than one. Like I, I, you can't narrow it down to one person. That's that's what's so great about the questions. Yeah. Um. So the two people that I've worked with, I think the most, and who I've personally gotten the most support from, are Cat Evans at Perpetual Gloom on the Twitter, and uh, Alicia Furness. I can't remember her Twitter handle. That's terrible. But her name's Alicia Furness. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've worked with them quite a lot. Um, worked on a project that had to be taken off the DMs Guild mm -hmm. uh, called Eat the Rich, but I've worked with them on several collaborations. They're really talented and really amazing and have helped me out of panics or like, oh my God, I'm stuck. What do I do with this? So many times they've been great. So those are my, I'll keep it to those two. Before it, I just go through Twitter and just read everyone I follow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it. So either Rich has been reposted up on Drive Through RPG, there hasn't it? Yes, it yeah. has in uh, little installments. So my adventure isn't up yet, but the other there are two so far. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. You should definitely go and check them out. Um, and yeah, so they'll be released in little installments. So that's really cool. No, yeah, so uh, yeah, no, it, it's kind of like. Like it seems like again, but at least uh, in, in chatting to you and stuff like that, it sounds like the this sort of um, like the people I've had on before who kind of say collaborations are amazing and stuff yeah. like that. I think you're kind of like the embodiment of you know the the like of like what the power of collaborations can sort of yeah. And but as well, like I think it's a collaborative game, or it should be. Yeah. Um, I think the best way is if everyone's doing it together, and I feel like why wouldn't it be better and easier? if you weren't just doing it all on your own. Some things are great on your own, and obviously there's amazing content produced by people on their own, but I feel like anything is just easier if there's more than one of you. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, because no one's amazing at everything. And so I feel like, do what you're really good at, and then find the people who are really good at what they do, make something really amazing. Yeah, I know, I, I think, again, I, I, I'm kicking myself for not remembering where the sentiment came from, but yeah, the fact that, like, yeah, Dungeon Dragon, it's, it's like, in, like, community, community, uh, Collaborative, I was about to say communicative, collaborative to its very core. It's yeah. the collaborative storytelling thing. So it kind of makes sense that if you're making stuff for it, that that too should be at least at least smidgen uh, collaboration. Yeah. Even if you just run it by someone. Like so many times I've worked with these people on collaborations before and then I've been doing something on my own and just said, does this work? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yes, no, or what about this? Or, yeah. And it's just, it helps to have a person. Yeah. Even if it isn't like a formal collaboration, it helps to have like, a sounding board kind of knows what on earth you're on about. Yeah, and I, again, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put 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 the energy out there. Like, if anyone listening uh, has, again, I'm only I, I'm only well of first to talk about adventures, but if people want an adventure like that, my my DMs they should still be open. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna like. I think I'll know that when this podcast is released, if my DMs if they just explode, <laughs> that I can probably pinpoint to the exact moment that I. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, you know, give give back to this community that's done. It's a nice uh, problem to have. A lot yeah, of people exactly, want yeah. want your input. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I just goblin pop up book. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's the next project. <laughs> but no. So I guess to bring it to all the close then. Um. So yeah. you mentioned like some of the stuff that you're currently working on, but I guess to kind of summarize, like, what are some of the things you're working on? And second, like, what's the best way to kind of keep up to date with you know when they're being released and, and thrown out into the wild? Okay, well, the thing that I am definitely going to finish, if it kills me, I hope it doesn't, is Tome of Poems, because I'm excited about it, and it's sort of probably about 60-70% of the way there. Um, so that's my next thing. I will not put a date on it, because this year, I'll, like, an anvil will fall on me, or I'll trip into a cupboard to Narnia. Something will happen. So I'm not putting a date on it, but I am working on that. The best way to keep up with me, because I'm not organised enough to put anything anywhere else, is at my Twitter, which is at MissBox, M-I-S-S-B-O-X. Um, I will just tweet something there, and then there's a thread that I just add to. So uh, my pinned tweet is a thread of everything I've done so far. Um, and I'll update that occasionally with anything that's upcoming, or anything that I think is awesome that I'm not even involved in. I'll just whack that in there because I feel like people should see it. But that's the best way to keep up uh, with what I'm doing. 
No, fantastic. Um, and, and yeah, well, yeah, again, so thank you so much for taking this time. Again, the, the, hour, the hour has flown by. Um, as, by. As, as, as it is one to do. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so um, yeah, no, obviously your Twitter handle and all the links to your, uh, like, uh, the integral products will be in the description down below. I highly recommend people listening and check them out. Um, otherwise, I have been, I've been Matthew Whitby. You can find me at Whitby Writes, um, because that's something I do on occasion. <laughs> um, and my very last question of the podcast is, how, how, how do you end a podcast now? I don't end podcasts. Uh, I don't really end podcasts ever. <laughs> but the one thing I've been doing recently to end a Zoom call, nice. this is, sorry yeah. to break it up, oh, is no. talk about something stupid on the internet that made you smile today. Oh, uh, yes. So there was a, I, I, I shared a, a GIF that I saw of a, um, it was a beaver crunching on some lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> it had little hands and everything. It was just like munching on it. So, That's so good. Yeah, it's very isn't that a great way to end that's a, that's a great way to end. <laughs> I had one t-shirt that was, um, it was one of the stupid, strangely specific geek t-shirts on Facebook, yeah. but it was the Mordor fun run, one does not simply walk. <laughs> Made me laugh quite a lot. That's, that, that's what you need. That was my <laughs> thing. Oh, I, I like that. That's a very wholesome end. So no, thank you so yeah. much for listening and uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>